Thanks for downloading this IMSA radio podcast. podcast from the International Motorsports Association and Radio Show Limited. It's for personal use only and must not be rebroadcast, reproduced, or used in any form without permission. Live from Trackside, this is IMSA Radio. Hello, everybody, and welcome along to IMSA Radio as we can continue our live coverage of the 2020 season. And delighted to say we're ready to go for the qualifying session for our, our uh, two classes this evening. It is GTD and GTLM because it is the Michelin GT Challenge at VIR. None of those pesky prototypes to get in the way, which means the GT cars have sent a stage and we can go racing, endurance racing, in the best way possible. Stay with us. We're live in sound and vision on IMSA Radio and IMSA TV. The WeatherTech Sports Car Championship on IMSA Radio. Hello, everybody, and welcome along to the beautiful parkland setting that is Virginia International Raceway, or VIR, if you prefer. Extraordinary, isn't it, to think that we almost lost this wonderful facility from professional racing just a few years ago, but not... an small amount of work from everybody involved at VIR has made sure that this circuit, that this venue and this ribbon of tarmac, which has provided challenges for so many years, is back on the very top flight of racing. We're right on the border between Virginia and North Carolina. Indeed, if you drive to Virginia International Raceway from around about, you cross the border several times to be honest 17 corners and a track that follows the topography of this green and pleasant land what a brilliant place it is action areas at turn one at the former oak tree corner we'll still call it oak tree at turn 12 and then coming through the roller coaster to turn 17 as well Always a real challenge at that point. There's a little bit of something for everybody. There's high speed, there's tough corners, and indeed, it's a real setup nightmare for all of the technicians. And what we've got coming up for you in the next 45 minutes or thereabouts are the two sessions that will set the grid. As I said, just the GT cars. So we'll start with GT Daytona and then we'll move on to GTE. Delighted to say that joining me in the Haggerty Global Broadcast booth is Jeremy Shaw and our Pit Lane reporter, our VP Pit and pa- VP Racing Fuels uh, Pit Lane and Paddock reporter, Shea Adam. Shea, first of all, you've been keeping an eye on what's been going on because that's your job as the VP Racing Fuels Pit <laughs> and Paddock reporter. Uh, how has everybody got on so far? Because we've not had the weather that we've got right now, dry circuit, but that's not always been the case today. No, it's been uh, quite the up and down day. And I, I say that with full pun intended, given how undulating this track is. A slightly delayed start to the day for full practice one, although they were the first cars out on track. There were two issue, two cars with issues, two cars that had a slightly delayed start. The first of which was the 44 Magnus GRT Lamborghini. They are battling with an electrical gremlin that is still plaguing them. It actually caused them to go out in the second practice session, which we'll get to in a moment. And stop on the racetrack bringing out a red flag it means that going into this qualifying session john potter has not turned a lap and andy lally as he's become accustomed to will be starting the race without very much practice at all the last two races he's done have both been nascar where he's gotten no practice the other car that had a bit of issue this morning was the number three corvette that's jordan taylor and antonio garcia the points leaders in gtlm there was a cracked fuel line fitting that the team found before the car rolled out for the start of the first practice Now, they managed to get both of those fixed. No issues for those teams throughout the rest of the session until 
Of course, that electrical problem for Magnus kept rearing its head. At the end of that session, the 23 Heart of Racing Aston Martin, which we welcome back, they were going to race at Road America. They had a fuel cell issue. They had an off at turn four, but the car is ready to go for qualifying, and Ian James will be driving that. It was Porsche 1-2, Corvette 3-4, and BMW 5-6 in the first session with Lexus taking the fastest time. As I hinted at, the second session, completely wet. We had very few cars actually go out and turn any laps, six of them total, but only five really took the time to put in a good lap or representative lap. And of those, only four of them really did get the lap that they wanted. So we go into qualifying with most teams not really knowing what they have underneath them. Hello to Connie Nyhope, to the team that are there at VIR and Corrigan Smith. Oh, how I miss being in Virginia at the moment. Jeremy Shaw, even with overcast skies, there's something just very exciting about these GT-only events. The Porsches will come later on when we get to uh, the GT Le Mans, but it's GTD first. Who do you pick for this? It's been so close all season, and we expect it to be exactly the same today. Yeah, good afternoon, evening, morning, wherever you happen to be. Uh, great to be back with you again. And yes, what a wonderful place to go racing. This is a driver's favorite. It's, it's not a track that's particularly well known uh, around the world, but in North America, it is revered. Everybody who, who races here loves the place. And yeah, in GTD, it, it has been, uh, it's been pretty open, but certainly since the restart, uh, when we came back after that lengthy delay following the Rolex 24 at Daytona, it has been all the car we're seeing at the, uh, the head of the field leading the cars out onto the circuit now for this 15-minute qualifying session. That would be AIM, Vassar, Sullivan, Lexus. Those cars have been really tough to beat. Well, no one has beaten them because they've had three in a row. Uh, Ipsus, the technical people, tried to slow the cars down a bit. They added a little bit of weight for the last race at Road America. That didn't seem to work for the cars there by quite a good margin. A little bit more weight added again here for VIR, but once again this morning, it was Jack Hawks was at the top of the charts, John. Shea Adam will give us the qualifying drivers for GTD as they roll out. What do you have, Shea? Uh, which order would you like it, John? Would you like numerically front to back, back to front? We haven't done anything Shoe fun size. In a while. Shoe size. Shoe I size. Think. <laughs> oh, I know, okay. I've got no clue. Oh. Listen, you go with whatever you... You've not been able to walk up and down the pit lane, so you go whichever way you want on this VP Racing Fuels Pit and Paddock report. All right, well, that's true. I am dying a little inside. Okay, Frank Montecalvo is doing the qualifying duties with number 12 in Fast Solar Lexus. He's going to be trying to take back pole position from his teammate Aaron Tielitz, who got it the last time out. He is qualifying in the number 14 in Vassar Sullivan Lexus. Next up numerically is the number 16 Wright Motorsport Porsche with the best gift of the day. Ryan Hardwick going out. Patrick Long is his co-driver and was super fast in that car this morning. Till Bechtelsheimer is qualifying the 22 Gradient Racing Acura. They did make a change on that car. They found a crack in one of the uprights in between the sessions, so they're hoping to get a little bit more speed out of it. As I mentioned, it's Ian James in the 23 Heart of Racing, Aston Martin. And no changes as Rob Ferriol is doing the qualifying for Hardpoint in their Audi. John Potter, as normal, driving the 44 Magnus Racing Lamborghini, and Misha Goikberg driving the blue Acura NSX for Heinricher Racing. The pink Acura NSX is Matt McMurray, and neither Misha nor Matt has either driven in an IMSA race at VIR. They've both done support races, but never in the big show. Cooper McNeil is in the WeatherTech Scuderia Ferrari in the number 63, and Gar Robinson in the 74 Riley Mercedes, and I believe we've got, oh, Robbie Foley in the 96 Turner Motorsports BMW, uh, Corey Fergus in the McLaren for Compass Racing. He's already got a pole this year, and we welcome back Paul Miller Racing in their number 48 uh, Lamborghini, and that would be Madison Snow getting a little bit more track time. Yeah, he was doing the Lamborghini Super Trophia as a solo driver, Brian Sellers, concentrating on this race. If this is your first time joining us, no blocks, no breaks, as we're live in sound and vision in IMSA, on IMSA Radio and IMSA TV. 15 minutes were on the clock when we set the cars out of, sent the cars out of the pit lane to the green flag. We're already down to under 12 minutes. Lovely, lovely, fresh, new painting on the kerbs. 
uh, and on the pit lane exit, which the drivers will do their very best to scruffy up as quickly as they can. I did notice Kerrigan Smith saying, I really hope Andy Lally doesn't win this weekend. His tongue was firmly in, in cheek, by the way, for this. Andy is well known for doing donuts on big open spaces, and that would be on their hatching on the pit out, which has been perfectly repainted before this. Overcast with an air temperature of 25 degrees, track temperature about 28 degrees Celsius, no wind to talk of, uh, and the humidity, well, it might as well be raining there. It's 84 degrees. That's about what it is when I'm in the shower. 84%, excuse me. That's about what it is when I'm in the shower, to be honest, Jeremy Shaw. Uh, no time for second guessing here, though. Get out, do your fast laps, and do them quickly. Yeah, that's right. Uh, you know, it, it's a three and a quarter mile racetrack here. Lots of lots of elevation change. Huge variety of corners, as we said before. Just a brilliant place to go racing. But yeah, the, the, lap the laps tend to go fast, fast fairly quickly, or rather, you don't get very many of them uh, during this 15-minute session. So yeah, get on with it. We saw that big train of cars going out at the beginning of the session, and I would anticipate seeing all of these cars running throughout this 15 minutes. We're already incredibly uh, a third of the way through it almost, aren't we? Amazing. And let's see the times as they start to come in. Jeremy, what sort of time should we be looking for? This has been a GT-only race for a quite a while now at the Michelin GT Challenge, a festival effectively of Grand Touring racing here at VIR. By the way, a place where Michelin test their road tyres as well on the full circuit and on the Patriot circuit, which is just over to the right of the back straight, uh, which uh, is it can run uh, completely separately from what's going on on a race weekend and indeed sometimes does which is very off-putting if you uh, see a car going in the wrong direction. Uh, don't worry about that. Nothing to worry about that this weekend. What times are we? should we be looking for? We've got a 48.3 on the top at the moment from Tilbeck, Dilsheimer. Yeah, we've got a fair way to go from there. Certainly last year's pole time was set by Zachary Robichaud at a 145.8. Shay will remember. Were, were conditions iffy last year in qualifying, Shay? <laughs> yes, I can, yes, they I, were. I um, yes, they were, the... exactly. So Zachary Robichaud last year was a 145.8. The lap record in qualifying was set back in 2017 by Jerome Mull in the Lamborghini Huracan GT3. That was 143.391. Oh, yeah. Quickest time this morning was set by Jack Hawks was at 145.2. Uh, do you remember that, Shay? Air Mull, when he came over the top of the rise, halfway up the S's, and was all four wheels off the ground. Oh, I remember that. I remember uh, Corey Lewis bursting into tears when he got out of his car after winning the race that year and then pulling his helmet visor down so people couldn't see him crying. Uh, but in terms of great qualifying memories, VIR seems to throw up a bunch of them in 2018 where it was pretty good for the GTD qualifying session and then started pouring during GTLM and Westy put on a show to put the four GT on pole. And then last year, too, that was so much fun when conditions were not exactly great for qualifying, but it wasn't bad enough that you could blame the weather for your lack of speed. So we're down to almost halfway through already. 46.2 for Corey Fergus for Compass in the McLaren 720S. In Vassa Sullivan, Arantilitz, Lexus, RCF GT3 was quickest in that wet session for a while because so few of the GT Le Mans cars went out. And don't forget, the GT Daytona cars have got the benefit of anti-lock braking, racing version of anti-lock braking, which is very good indeed. Uh, Robbie Foley for Turner Motorsport in the 96 is third. And in fourth, Gradient ra Racing with the Acura Tilbeck, Nilschleimer, not um, withstanding that shock problem that they have scrambled to fix was within about half a second, but now we've had two improvements. Aaron Tielitz goes to the top in the Lexus with a 45.8, 46.1 for Matt McMurray from there, Shank Racing with Kerb Agajanian in the Acura. Those two guys were first and second in the final qualifying session, and now Corey Fergus to the top. Jeremy, this is what we want to see, all getting really, really racy right now. That's right, time's coming down. They're just completing their fourth laps. Madison Snow up into second place there in the number 48 Lamborghini. Great to see that car back again after Paul Miller Racing. Of course, have won the Rolex 24 at Daytona, then 
has been sitting out as a result of the uh, COVID-19 pandemic uh, and back again now. So super to see that car back again. Uh, you talked about Aaron T that's setting that fastest time in the second practice session. Uh, in fact, there were only two GTD cars that actually went out or that actually set a time yeah. during that session. And the reason there were so few primarily was the fact that that was one of the sessions where the final 15 minutes was set aside for GTLM. At that stage, with 15 minutes to go, the track was still pretty wet. So that's why there were no GCD cars out at the end of that session to kind of to, to get some sensible running in, as were the, was the case with the GTLM guys. So uh, that was uh, you know, very few laps turned by many of these teams and cars so far today. And now they're getting a good long run. It's still Corey Fergus at the top, 145. This is by no means the longest track that we run, but it's quick, it's sinuous, and it's uphill and down dale, as we would say in the United Kingdom. It follows the contours of this beautiful area of Virginia, and all of a sudden we're down to five and a half minutes, and Fergus from Snow, from Cooper McNeil in third, from Aaron Tealitz, from... Uh, McMurray and up into second place, Turner Motorsport, Robbie Foley with a 145.644. This is very impressive indeed from some drivers who've not had a lot of running today. And of course, with the rain that we had, that will have cleaned off the surface of the track. It will still be relatively, as the drivers said, Jeremy Shaw, relatively green. It will still be rubbering in. It will indeed. It managed to snow up into second place there now for Paul Miller Racing at a 1 minute 45.4. He, I think you just mentioned, he's also driving in the Lamborghini Super Trofeo events this weekend. Uh, he shared the car with uh, some success with the first and second at Road America with his regular teammate in the Imsware Tech Sports Car Championship, Brian Sellers. But this weekend, he's driving that car solo. So he's going to get he's gonna trip plenty of track time this weekend, <laughs> as is Corey Fergus, of course, who is also driving... No, he isn't. That's Corey Lewis. Forget that. Scratch that. Uh, so, <laughs> there's a Corey. Uh, getting, there's a Corey uh, somewhere, Corey, Jeremy. Corey, though, is getting plenty of traction also because he is driving in the Michelin Pilot Challenge Series as well. Uh, yeah, and don't forget, it's a, 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 it's a bit of a swap around this weekend. We've swapped who's on the top bunk of the uh, bunk beds as far as the uh, race weekend is concerned. WeatherTech, IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship running on Saturday, tomorrow. Uh, and it's a very full race day, but we've got plenty of racing for you on Sunday when the Michelin Pilot Challenge takes centre stage along with a couple of the other Challenge series as well. All here on RS2 IMSA Radio. If you're outside the US, we'll have uh, sound and vision for you for all of those sessions. In the US, well, XM Sirius, of course, on Saturday for the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship and we'll uh, make sure we keep you across everything that you need. You can always tune in to us on RS2 at www.radio-show.co.uk for that. Into the pits for Corey Fergus and for Madison Snow. One and three in the pit lane. Here comes the fifth place car. Frankie Manti Calvo, Ian Vassar Sullivan, Lexus RCF GT3 coming to the line now. He was leaning on it coming down the hill. The right rear Michelin, well, I was going to say scrambling for grip. It wasn't. It was in the air. So it was getting no grip at all. Doesn't improve last time around. Aaron Tealitz does in the sister car. Seventh position, 145.7. Doesn't improve his position at the moment very tight indeed Jeremy with the top seven being split by just half a second yeah that is good to see isn't it the McLaren's still out front but only now by 0.074 of a second Robbie Foley did improve last time around in the Paterna Motorsport BMW right on the tail now of that McLaren in terms of its pace at least that Liquid Molly Turnamos will be BMW they've had uh, not much luck on their side it seems this season but Robbie's on a uh, he's on a cool down lap now we'll see whether he brings that car into the pit lane or whether he can have another run in it the first and third place cars in this session are on the pit lane already that's Corey Fergus and Madison Snow and as uh, as a result of that that McMurray now up into third position for Maya Shank racing with Kerbagger Janin number 86 Acu at a 145.4. Boy, it is tight. Yeah, remember the reason that IMSA swapped around at the 
WeatherTech race with the uh, Michelin Pilot Challenge is because there's a small matter of an endurance race, although an endurance race with only one driver, going on at Indianapolis this weekend. That would be the 104th running of the Indianapolis 500 uh, from uh, the great state of Indiana. And uh, we'll be putting that on the DVR and catching up with it as soon as we're finished with the Michelin Pilot Challenge. Although I have to say, Jeremy Fortin Shaw has admitted to me when we, uh, after we uh, recorded uh, the uh, preview, he's open for a bit of a rain delay on that, aren't you, GS? Yes, I am. Yes, <laughs> it, it, that, that would be good. So we can we can watch the whole thing from start to finish. Cause, I've uh, got my hot yeah, dogs I'm, in. I'm super I've excited. Got everything in. It's going to be a great race on yeah. Sunday on NBC. Our uh, TV colleagues, of course. And of course, there's quite a few dri uh, quite a few team personnel or, and or drivers or whatever that are involved are also here at uh, VIR, but also in Indianapolis. I'm thinking uh, Jimmy Vassar, of course, uh, and, uh, and and Sully Sullivan. For they're, they're running uh, cars in Indianapolis. Uh, and uh, also Townsend Bell, who's driving, of course, in this race, looking to get a second successive victory, having won along with Frankie Montecalvo at Great America a couple of weeks ago. Townsend Bell, he's going to be a part of that NBC commentary team at Indianapolis. At IMSA Radio, off the number 30. Oh, my goodness, Rob Ferriol for Team Hardpoint is well onto what is very damp grass. And Michelin slick tyres give you wonderful grip when they're on the hard standing, when you're on damp grass and you have a little bit of an incline. This is going to take a bit of very <laughs> clever driving. Don't spin the wheels, Rob. Get it into a higher gear and just let it tick over. He's come out of the oak tree corner, gone way wide with a little bit too much right foot and spun back across from the extreme left of the track onto the beautiful green area. We could, we should have a cricket pitch cut into that, you know, JS. We should absolutely have it's a, a bit cricket pitch. up there. That's yeah. the only problem. I've played on worse, mate. I've played on worse. <laughs> I promise you that. And he goes off onto the grass, and now he's going to really struggle, struggle to get back on. The checkered flag has come out, so I don't think it's going to spoil anybody's laps. Uh, as he has, but what? Absolutely. Well, a little cricket clap then. A little, you know, members pavilion type clap uh, for <laughs> Rob Furriel, who somehow managed to coax the great rival Team Hardpoint Audi back onto the surface. So then, I'm just checking to see who's out there. Aaron Tealitz at the moment is not on a quicker lap. Uh, Rob Furriel's in the pits till Bechtelsheim is in the pits. Matt McMurray, how's he going? Mm, let's keep an eye on that. For the moment, I think we're going to be able to congratulate Compass Racing and the McLaren 720S GT3 as Matt McMurray pits. So now just Cooper McNeil to come in. We've got the number 14 out there as well. Aaron Taylor has seen the chequered flag, so he won't improve. I reckon Corey Fergus has got this done by... Now wait for this, 0 0.074 of a second. That is one of those clicks. Uh, that is how much or how little time he was ahead of the BMW M6 GT3 of Turner Motorsport and Robbie Foley with uh, Frankie Monte Calvo just a 0 0.087 away in third. And the whole of the front row is separated by under two tenths of a second with Madison Snow only 0.217 of a second back and let's say the top three rows jeremy shaw top three rows by under 0.3 of a second that's what we like to see yeah fantastic isn't it mclaren and bmw are on the front row then alexis and acura on row two a lamborghini and the second of lexus is, is is on row three and also on row four uh, the ferrari of cooper mcneil who slipped down to seventh in the end uh, and Michel goitberg they also uh, even Michel Goitberg in eighth position, his deficit to the fastest time in this session, 0.334 of a second. Yes, a third of a second covering the top eight. Fantastic. And that is what uh, seven different manufacturers. Superb. And a third of a second round here is probably half a car's length at the line. Maybe a tad more, but not much more than that, uh, I wouldn't think. Uh, so we'll just run you down the complete 
front end of the GT Daytona grid in a moment or two as Compass Racing have claimed pole position, Jeremy Shaw, and they've worked hard with McLaren with the 720S GT3. Um, I know everybody wants to be on pole position, but uh, that for Corey Fergus, that will be a popular pole position here. Yeah, you know, Corey, I mean, he's uh, he puts his heart and soul into his racing. His father, John, was a very accomplished IMSA racer uh, back in the 80s and 90s. Uh, and Corey really is a chip off the old block, originally from Columbus, Ohio. Uh, and uh, I think he lives now in, uh, in uh, Colorado. But he kind of goes back and forth between those two. But he's 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 a, a champion in all sorts of different series. He followed his dad in terms, in, in winning some uh, SCCA national championships as well. Uh, he's uh, a very very accomplished driver. This is just his fourth start though in the IMSA West Expert Car Championship. Now he has two poles to his credit. What a record is that? Car looks absolutely fabulous. It's a tribute, and those of us who have long memories and have been around for a wee while. Remember the Lark McLarens, L-A-R-K McLarens with the uh, bright uh, red orange colours and the dark grey and the, there is a hint of a McLaren F1 in that 720S GT3 accentuated by that colourway on that. Hello to uh, Gordon DeGeed, he's tuned in to us to Sarah Rigby at the home of Bentley and Crew in Northwest. Uh, United Kingdom, Northwest England, who's tuned in at, uh, what is it, coming up to nine o'clock in the evening uh, in the United Kingdom. So we have our first of two pole stickers, sitters, and the sticker goes on to the front of the McLaren. That is very well done indeed as a starting position from the front row of the grid for McLaren and they will share the front row with uh, BMW. As Jeremy said, there's a lot of variety there. Compass from Turner, from Aim Vassar Sullivan, from Mershank Racing, from Paul Miller Racing. So if you take that in terms of the manufacturers, that's McLaren, BMW, Lexus, Acura, and Lamborghini. Add in Ferrari, who are in seventh position. That's six different manufacturers in the top seven, separated by a third of a second marvelous marvelous stuff and boarding very well indeed for the race on saturday remember for the imsa weathertech sports car championship still to come we'll bring you live coverage of gtlm the bmws didn't go out in the last wet session it was corvette porsche porsche corvette for those that went out, and Ollie Gavin from memory, Shea Adam was the quickest of them in that damp session when they came out right at the end. And it will be Oliver Gavin qualifying the number four Corvette. That's the silver one, keep in mind, even though this is Tommy Milner's home race. So Ollie gets to start and Tommy gets to finish. The driver of the number three Corvette, the qualifier, was another one of those super impressive uh, moments in the practice, too. He came out of the pit lane with quite a significant amount of water on the track and immediately laid down a lap that was about 12 seconds faster than anyone else. So Jordan Taylor will be qualifying the yellow Corvette, the championship points leader, and he's already feeling pretty comfy around this track, proper Joey hand style. For the two BMWs, as you mentioned, did not go out during the second practice session. They have had different qualifiers so far this year. It's been Bruno Spengler in the 25 and Jesse Krohn in the 24. Well, they are mixing it up. The plan was to put Connor Filippi in the number 25 BMW and to put John Edwards in the 24 BMW. So the black one with John and the red one with Connor. The other two GTLM cars are the ones that everybody else has been watching. Those are the Porsches because they are the ones to beat. One, two in the race last year, one, two in the first practice session. They were very, very quick earlier. Fred McAvecki will be qualifying the number 911. And as per usual, no change whatsoever <laughs> with the 912 in the last year and a half. It's going to be Lawrence Van Tour. But here's an interesting thing for you, John. The last time that Larry and Earl, the champions from last year, the last time that they won a race was more than 400 days ago. It's been more than a year since Larry and Earl got a win. They've gotten a few polls since then, but they're still looking for that big number one on the side of the car at the end of tomorrow. But that was here, wasn't it, their last win? No, that was at Canadian Tire Motorsport Park. Their yeah. teammates, Nick Tandy, and at the time, Patrick Pile got the win at VIR. Hello to Alan Prosser. 
says uh, seeing the Audi in the middle of the grass there seem to remember Dean von Moltke in the Flying Lizard Audi in a similar position but I can't find his original tweet Alan nice to know you're tuned in and by the way uh, um, I may have panicked everybody in the UK because I can't do the time shift uh, it is nearly 11 o'clock in the evening in the UK not nearly nine as I said normally I'm wishing my life away and pushing it on but um, winding you back a couple of hours there sorry about that uh, we've still got another 15 minutes of qualifying to come at the uh, Michelin GT challenge here at VIR and I know that we're blaring out uh, on the PA so those of you around the track or around the paddock uh, looking at the variety of Babendum, who's looking pretty sharp. Looks like he's lost a bit of weight again in the off-season. Been doing a bit of uh, cycling, I've heard, and worked his way down. He looks good for over 100, in fairness. So coming up then, we have the GT Le Mans runners. These are the factory, very highly tuned, uh, very highly tuned GT cars. That will go out to Corvettes 3 and 4 that are the new C8R Corvettes, of course, with the engine amidships. And guess what? The sky hasn't fallen in, and they are very quick indeed. And Shea Adam, Corvette come into uh, this meeting here on the absolute crest of a wave. Yes, they do. I spoke earlier with uh, Antonio Garcia, Oli Gavin and Doug Feehan, and he talked about Feehan in particular, talked about the fact that their win at Road America was very much unexpected. They felt like the tables had been turned against them a little bit as far as BOP is concerned, and even more so for this weekend. They said it's 25% good team, 25% hard work, and 50% luck. And they used pretty much all of that 50% good luck on the last lap at Road America. So coming out here this weekend, they know they aren't the out-and-out -out fastest car. They need to outperform the other teams. And ultimately, that's what Corvette Racing does to win championships. It's what they're doing this year again. Yeah, and they have won a championship, let's not forget, without winning a single race in the uh, Jeremy Shaw, they've gone out early for Corvette racing. We've typically seen the BMWs come out last, the Corvettes going out first and the Porsches somewhere in the middle. It looks like that, it looks like that at least hasn't changed. And what we've also seen is the Michelin tyres being extremely robust in these 15 minute sessions. And with the track evolving all the time, through this quarter of an hour session, we might see somebody just nick pull position right at the end as the fuel burns down. Yeah, I, I wouldn't disagree with you there, John, at all. I think it's going to be a pretty interesting Ooh. session. In GTD, we just saw the first repeat pole sitter of the season, Corey Fergus. He was on the pole also uh, a little earlier at uh, Daytona, the, uh, the, uh, the shorter race at Daytona. In GTLM, again, four different pole sitters coming into this weekend, this season, Nick Tandy, Oliver Gavin, Jordan Taylor, and Lawrence Vantor. So uh, we'll, 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 you know, will history repeat itself here? Will we see another repeat pole sitter? Not unlikely, uh, but uh, it's going to be an interesting session. I think it's going to be super, super tight. Porsches have come out slightly early than I, earlier than I might have expected, at least the nine. 1-2, which means that's Lawrence Vanter that's gone out. Fred Magavecki has gone out in the 9-11. His teammate Earl Bamba uh, recovering from being, uh, not Earl, but, well, what did we say it was? Larry, if, yes, if you spell it backwards and upside down, because he was on his roof uh, at the weekend, near enough, at the, Infinity, the uh, Xfinity race at Daytona. But none the worse for that. And he'll be waiting for his turn after Lawrence has finished qualifying and starting the race. Makovecki out in the car that he shares with Nick Tandy, the 9-1-1. And already the Corvettes bringing their Michelin tyres up to temperature and pressure. Again, we see different strokes for different manufacturers. It doesn't rhyme quite as well, but it's just as true to be honest a little bit of squeak of the brakes as the number three Corvette in the hands of Jordan Taylor goes into the old oak tree turn at the far end of the racetrack using all of the runoff on the left hand side and now down the long back straight 
into the dip, climbs up over the first hill, and then you go over the second rise, and still you're accelerating until you get into the second big dip, and then you've just got to settle the car down into the roller coaster, well named at the top of the hill, and wind your way down. You've got to be so patient here and not try to be too clever and too greedy, particularly in the middle of the drop down towards the final corner, the hog pen at the bottom of the hill. Go off the circuit there on driver's left and you are not coming back. In fact, anywhere in that section, you are not coming back, particularly with very wet grass. Ollie Gavin is quickest of the GT Le Mans, but he's bringing those Michelins up nice and gently and we've seen this before, Jeremy Shaw. Don't think that that 147 is anywhere near these. how quick these cars will be at the end of the session. No, indeed not. The uh, fastest time of the day so far was set in that first session this morning by Lawrence Vantour at 1 minute 41.550. The pole position last year, Lawrence Vantour uh, in a 140.630. The lap record around here, though, in qualifying was set by Joey Hand back in 2017 in the Ford GT at 140.211. Will we get close to that? I think we might, yes. Right as well. Ten minutes to go. Still no sign of the BMWs. Ah, they've just gone out. John Edwards has just gone out in the 24. Bruno Spengler is having another cup of coffee, hanging about, reading the newspaper, whatever you do before you go out to qualify. A hugely competent grand touring car. I'm sure he's not doing any of those things, but he's still sitting in the pit lane. The bright yellow, number three, scored a second at the moment. The red, number two, in the LED panels on the side, telling us that that is second in its class at the moment. But neither of the Corvettes have got beyond the time set by GT Daytona, such is the care which they're bringing, with which they are bringing up their tyres. Out comes the red and white BMW. That then is the full field as Conor de Felipe actually not Bruno Spengler brings that car out onto the circuit and Oli Gavin gets to the head of the field a 144-1 not bad Jeremy but again that won't be enough to claim pole position here at VIR it won't no that's right three tenths per second he has there in hand over his teammate Jordan Taylor these two Corvettes boy they have been on that roll haven't they quite remarkable uh, last time out uh, they certainly weren't, weren't looking like a 1-2 finish. We're not long to go into that race, but everything kind of fell into their hands. The uh, number four car actually had a, a uh, I think it was a power steering problem towards the end, which was probably fairly fortunate that it was wet because it made the car easier, a little bit easier to handle, perhaps, than it would have been in dry at least. And, um, but this weekend, you know, we haven't yet seen what these cars are capable of, I believe, in the first practice session this morning. We shall see it now, I believe down the back straight then for the number four past the second set of pits there very clever circuit here at VIR number of different configurations some of which can be used at the same time to the top Fred Makovecki for Porsche GT team and the 911 RSR number or 911 RSR 19 19 to the year when it was first in reduced at 43-0, that's a full second quicker. So the Porsche's making the best of their Michelin tyres earlier than the Corvettes. Remember, they went out a lap later, but they've got them up to temperature and pressure a lap quicker. GT Le Mans, unique in IMSA competition with the IMSA tyres in that there is a selection of tyre construction and compounds for the teams to choose from. Three different slick tyres, and we have seen in the past all three being used uh, on a single car for a run or a qualifying session, particularly I think of places like the little bull ring that is Lime Rock Park up in Connecticut, because you lean so hard on the left rear of that car, at that, uh, of the cars at that circuit. Up towards Oak Street, 912, in the hands of Lawrence Vance, a provisional pool sitter, lets the car breathe in the middle of that corner and cuts it back for the second right hand airbags. Now gets on the throttle and accelerates 
past the school pits. A flat six engine absolutely being ragged. Is there any better sound in the world? Well, it could be a V8 fan. I'll accept that. But there's something to me about a flat six. Now into the top of the hill and the roller coaster. Oh, just had to wait for a moment. He was a little bit quick into the first right-hander of the roller coaster. Just had to pause before he got back on the throttle. Now at the bottom of the hill, onto the front straight, through the final right-handed corner at turn 17. Moves across to the right-hand side of the track for the kink in the start-finish straight and crosses the line and goes quicker again. A 41-0, but Makaveki is even quicker. Makaveki is quicker, a 41-0, but Vanto even quicker as my timing screen can't even keep up. A 40.7. So the two Porsches, Jeremy Shaw, at the moment, leading the way. Yeah, by, uh, by a pretty substantial margin. Jordan Taylor just happened to third place, a full second behind uh, for Fred Makaveki then in second place, just less than three-tenths of a second off Lawrence Vantor. I reckon this is just the second time that Mako has actually been here to VAR. He's here in 2016, where he qualified eighth. Came, out, came home there with a podium finish, but certainly this has been a good qualifying run so far by Mako to be within uh, that, you know, just a couple of couple of, couple of three-tenths of Lawrence Vantor, who's got a lot more experience around here, including having the pole position one year ago. Pretty good effort. Porsche, Porsche. Corvette, Corvette, BMW, John Edwards slips into fifth position, but it's a couple of seconds away from the Corvette and nearly four seconds away from the Porsche. Now, don't read too much into that because, again, remember what we said earlier on with just under five minutes to go, different ways of bringing the Michelin tyres in. And maybe the BMWs are just taking things a wee bit. It's a 40.3 for Makaveki. Bang! That's impressive, Jeremy Shaw. It is, yeah. 140.389 then for uh, Fred Makovecki. That is just outside the uh, lap record time. 40.211 then was the, was the benchmark for pole position. Joey Hand three years ago now. Uh, but already quicker than Lawrence Vantor managed to get the pole position here last year. Of course, the BMWs, John, they went out a good bit later than everybody else, didn't they? So they're mm. kind of a couple of laps behind in terms of the pace they're able to set out on a racetrack. And I just wonder how hard they are going to be going. They black and M-stripe car is the 24, that's John Edwards. The redder car is the 25, and that car is Conor De Filippi, who as yet has not put in a representative time, but don't think he's got a problem here. It could be all about just how they're deciding at Rahal Lettham and Lanigan, another one of the teams, of course, who've got interests at Indianapolis this weekend just how they have decided it's going to work. And big excitement as well about the new GT3 car that BMW have revealed at the Nürburgring this weekend, with uh, it standing alongside a very highly disguised street car because the new version has not yet been released, but the racing car, as has BM been BMW's want, in fact, over the last few years parallel development of their customer GT racing cars along with the new street cars and as I say the new GT3 car the M4 GT3 which will replace the M6 and that car already putting in some very impressive times according to the sources that we've spoken to within BMW M Sport just improved, John, uh, to a 1 minute 40.519 on that last lap at number 912 car, but he's still just over a tenth of a second behind Fred Makovecki, despite the fact he was purple in sectors 2 and 3. And what's even more remarkable about that, from my perspective, is the turn 1 sector, it's only 20 seconds, just over 20 seconds. So uh, Fred Makovecki, he's got all that margin at the moment over Lawrence Van Tour, all in that first sector, those first couple three corners uh, so stunning speed there in that section of the track from Fred Makovecki and two seconds pushes. is that what am I seeing there huh? uh, 20.5
Mark Ovecki, and what's Lawrence Vanto's fastest time in the first sector? Uh, 20.8, I think it was right, last so three time tenths, around. Three tenths in the first sector. Wow. Yeah, yeah that is a lot of time. A lot of time. Still just about a tenth and a third. One, uh, point zero one three. Yeah, last lap around was a slightly slower lap for Mako, so I think he's uh, kind of kind of build up now to go for a... Oh, he's not, actually. He's in the... As I say that, Makabeki brings Ooh. that car into the pit. So he is done. We're in just about a minute remaining then in this session. The BMW is just getting up to speed. John Edwards up the third, Jeremy. That's a very stout effort from the 24 yeah. car. Yeah, as the Porsche's head, uh, head to the pits. Uh, a 141.7 from John Edwards gets ahead of both of the Corvettes. Conor de Filippi at the moment still a lap behind his teammate with a 42-2. So he's only three tenths behind. In fact, Jordan Taylor is the next to improve and Ollie Gavin and Lawrence Vanter. So Vanter uh, is, no, excuse me, Vanter comes into the pits. That's why he was flashing. Jordan Taylor and Ollie Gavin both improving but still not getting close enough to the Porsches. But John Edwards now bounced back down to fifth position. But he was in third not so far, very long ago. The Corvettes having yeah, to dig right. deep there. Yeah. And now having done eight laps, those two Corvettes, and Jeremy, as we suspected, with five seconds to go, the Corvettes will have been out for the whole 15 minutes. Indeed so here, and the number three car maybe getting a little bit of a drafting help here, uh, particularly after they come out of Oak Tree Corner onto the back straightaway here, so potentially uh, a slight gain for Jordan Taylor. Checkered flag is out on the session, uh, and the first car to take that checkered flag is John Edwards in the number 24 BMW as Conor Di Filippi splits two Corvettes in the timing charts up to fourth position in car number 25. Checkered flag for Edwards. He's the first one to see it. Let me look at the split times. Ooh, Taylor doing a good job in the number three cars. He's at the top of the hill now at the top of the roller coaster and will fall down the hill behind his teammate. Uh, Corvette Racing's Ollie Gavin. They're both heading for the line now. This is the last moment. It's the moment. It's 9-11 from 9-12. Three. Corvette from 25 BMW, from four Corvette from 24 BMW, across the line, Oli Gavin Pitts. He knew he wasn't going to improve, but it looks like Jordan Taylor steered out and does not improve. Two tenths slower than his fastest time. Still out on the back straight at the moment. Conor de Felipe lighting up the timing screen with a couple of green sectors. Now, will he steer out? He'll know he'll be looking at the Delta at the time difference between this lap and his best lap, it'll be on the screen and his team will be telling him he's staying out, he's not going into the pits, he must think there's a chance of getting a little bit further, maybe not onto the front row of the grid, but can he switch sides? He can and goes into third, therefore will be on the inside of row two in the red and white BMW team RLLM8, the Motul car then at the end there as the 24 John Edwards has gone through as well. So it's Porsche on the front row and then two rows, Jeremy, of BMW Corvette and Corvette BMW. Yeah, and this is a track on which uh, Conor Di Filippi uh, scored the first win for the M8 GTE at uh, right here at VIR a couple of years ago. So it's a good. he's got good fond, fond memories of this racetrack, Conor Di Filippi. He will start from the inside of row two. So on the slowing down lap, Shea Adam, uh, VP Racing Fuel Pit and Paddock reporter. Plenty of excitement there. What are you hearing uh, from the team PRs and the teams themselves? Uh, if I could just take a moment since we're on the PA to do an all call and remind the drivers, please bring your phones with you to the pit box. Uh, <laughs> not hearing anything back from Nick Tandy uh, and showing that he hasn't been on his phone for quite some time. So uh, Fred McAvecki getting to celebrate getting his second pole in IMSA competition. He has stood on the podium at VIR before. That was back in 2016. So he knows how to go around here well. And he's got to be feeling pretty good coming in with the defending race winning car. So out of the Porsche for Makavecki. About one 
tenth, one, uh, just 1.3 tenths ahead of his teammate. Then, Jeremy, a, a relatively, in GT terms, relatively substantial gap back to the BMW in third. And Conor Filippi, along with the BMW uh, team RLL, will be delighted with that. Half a second away from the front row, seven tenths from port position. But at this track, I think they'll take that. Yeah, and sandwiching the two Corvettes there. Certainly, that's a good run. The, the BMWs have been just behind, I think, just a little bit the last few races. There has been a few bouncer performance changes coming in here to VIR. The Corvettes and, indeed, the Porsches both added 20 kilos of weight coming in here. The BMWs, they've been allowed to take five kilos off. So a net 25 kilo gain for the BMWs uh, compared to the other two uh, compared to last time out. So uh, I think, you know, they've taken good advantage of that. I think, uh, yeah, the Porsches, this is a track on which the Porsches always always shine, is it not? With, yeah. On the pole here last year, one year last year, uh, had several race wins here in recent years for Porsche. So it's a track that suits this car really, really well. And uh, Fred Makovecki, on just his second time here at VAR, that's a really fine effort to put that car on pole position. What a great way to end off a fast Friday at VIR. Thanks to our VP Racing Fuels Pit and Paddock reporter, Shea Adam, and here in the Haggerty Global Broadcast Centre with me, John Hynoff, Jeremy Shaw was making sure that we had all the relevant stats and keeping his eye on what was going on. Congratulations to GTD Paul Sitters, McLaren and Compass Racing. Corey Fergus did the hard work there and made sure they grabbed pole position. And it's a front row lockout for the Porsche GT team. The 911 from the 912, setting up a very exciting weekend. We race on Saturday for the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship. And it's live here on IMSA Radio and IMSA GT. Bye-bye. This programme is a production of IMSA and Radio Show Limited. For more, visit RadioLeMond.com.